Okay, third time's a charm. We're back again to the Choke Artist Podcast. I'm with the band uh, Children's Books from Philly, and um, they drove an hour to be here. I'm summarizing now what just happened for the past 40 minutes, because we were just recording for a good 35 minutes, 40 minutes, and then a prompt came up that said, do you want to save this session? And I said, yes, and then it closed and it didn't save, so we lost about 30, <laughs> 35 minutes of, of, of a podcast. So um, I'm, sorry that, I'm sorry that happened. It's okay. And I, I just apologized a lot. Um, yeah, if anyone wants to come hack my computer and find the rest of this this session, we'll release it on our box set. Yeah, like, yeah. And whenever we find it in five years, super super rare podcast edition. Man, we were talking about some good stuff too. We were well. I think one thing we were talking about was like the influence of like early pop punk on your band. Yeah. And we can't even recreate the conversation because it will just feel so forced and stupid. It's okay. One one band name saves a day. There we go. That's on. That's like literally. Or and Avril. Avril and Avril. Yeah. We were talking about Avril. Yeah. Is Avril real punk though? Oh yeah, mm. you guys can feel. What this is real punk? That, that's a good, okay. that's a good point. Kyle. I because I do you think, think it is whatever you want it to be. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know. When when girlfriend came out, I felt like I was, I was lied to, and I was like, I really young because I thought complicated and like skater boy was like alternative, and then like she made a pop song, and I was like, you're not. She, she's like a, a an aggressive Alanis Morissette. I love it. Wow. <laughs> See, I'm telling, like, I was just telling him in the car, if he did write-ups for Vans, he'd be, like, amazing. He said something like, oh, uh, this one song sounds like Elliot Smith, but Kurt Cobain took his hands, and now he's playing guitar. <laughs> like, he's he's got good words for that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I like Alanis Morissette, too. She's got, like, a grunge factor. Jagged little pill. Yeah. <sighs> so good. Okay, so we should talk about your band's new single again. <laughs> Um, tell me about Pull it. Pull me under. Pull me under. Oh, that's gonna <laughs> keep. That's gonna be the next one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Song's called "Take Me Under." Um, lyrically, it's about just being uh, kind of trying to stay mentally stable while you are also feeling like you're holding on to everybody's uh, problems, which is also an issue on my part too. But um, a lot of the lyrics are talking about like trying to float like that's why i say take me under you feel like you're getting pulled under the water by other people so that's kind of the pull with that um went with mainly a pop punk style like we wrote it on logic actually we didn't say that before this is new info yeah yes. John, okay good this. breaking news <laughs> <laughs> so you demoed it in logic or yeah yeah we were just sitting in my house like ramon was playing some chords on piano i was like demoing some bass over some like drum loops where like it was like or the uh the logic Drummers like drummer little, Kyle. Drummer Kyle. His <laughs> name was Kyle. Nice. Yeah, it's like a dating service for drummers. <laughs> Seriously, Pre- pretty much. And Ramon hated the drums on it, and I was like just writing the progression, and that was the very beginning of it. And then we workshopped it a lot. We never played it live until we got we grabbed Kyle, and then we kept working on it, and eventually changed the key and everything like that. So cool. It went through a lot of different things, and it's been a demo for a long time before you even recorded it so that's the in my opinion that's the best way to do it you know sit on it for a while and let it like really brew and Definitely. like get it done this is the worst is showing up to a studio and not knowing the song <laughs> right. i never asked you guys how did that feel for you guys like having that song come to life because I, that was new to me you it was it's been around with you uh, we talked about it It was awesome yeah because yeah, like, we had like ha- we had a literally a record's worth of stuff that we we're probably never going to put out on logic and it was totally it was all over the place but it was like as soon as we grabbed kyle and started doing some of those songs off it was like shit like finally this is what we wanted to do cool so, yeah yeah it, 
so children's books was like started as like a demoing process i guess and then bring kyle on board yeah uh, the well, new iteration of the children's new, books yeah. yeah the new iteration originally it was like we would jam everything and then demo things and then once we were basically a two-piece for a little bit we just focused on writing and not because we couldn't play live so <laughs> yeah because <laughs> you, you can't really play live with a two-piece very easily at least with our style sure so we just kind of said we're gonna keep writing even though we don't have another person to play with right now and then when we got him then we kind of went back a little bit more to the original style of like and well it kind of shifted we brought him on some of the demos and kind of shifted back to then we just like jam yeah yeah and it it works that way so and you you went to headroom to record the single right this one we actually recorded at philly sound actually both of the singles we've put out okay um so but we uh, this one we had two producers on too as well. So Philly Sound doesn't exist anymore. R.I.P. Yeah, it's huge. It's like a church. You get these great drum sounds in there. It's awesome. awesome. So and really cool gear. But um, yeah, so we recorded that one at Philly Sound. That one, no, he, they got rid of the Neve board by then. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Trident. The one, Trident one, because the Trident console just sounds super. On it. Yeah, I love that one. Not that, that specific room. one, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I'm trying to not have the same conversation, but I do think you should talk about how you guys are trying to just release singles and like kind of like spread them out and like build anticipation for them. One of them being the pot this podcast, right, to help like promote the single. Yeah. So we actually, well, we didn't talk about the promotion as much because you talked about the single, but we're doing for this. I don't know if you noticed on our social media page, everything's gone black and white. So like on our Instagram, if you like log into it, John and I had this idea. I was like, John, I want this like, you know the band Under Earth, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they always have been so good at teasing their shit. So I was like, I want to do something where it's like you have little clips of, of the video and like everything compiled, and I want to make like our whole theme be black and white and, and just take all – we need to do like a, a session shot where we do everything on film camera and all that stuff. And John's like, okay, uh, I'm going to edit all this B-roll footage and the music video into these clips. Ramon, you organize getting photographers and all this shit. So like – we've came up with like a very strategic like okay beginning of april we're going to s- announce and start teasing this single then have in the middle of april announce a single and then like the last week like put the single over out and have things build up to it and kind of do that so it's very different than how we did it where we just like last single we put out we tried but we were on the kind of on the back foot this time we're like trying to be like ahead of that so you build hype and make it look you're trying to make it look better than it is but like, you know, that's well, no, but yeah. yeah you gotta figure out what, how the best way to do it so it's it's a different approach but i think like what we were saying you know on, on the last podcast where we did what we were saying is <laughs> how you can post and like it'll get lost like you release an album and that's it right yeah like so i, th- I think spreading it out without spreading it too thin is like not necessarily a bad move and as long as like the content's good like as long as you guys all like what you're putting out then yeah and we try to make everything interesting so like all the audio and stuff for all the promotional videos we've been doing have been like we have we have all the uh the master files for the for the track so i just pulled like a bunch of like stuff we didn't use in it because we we like added a bunch of like piano takes and a bunch of other things that were like let's try this type of thing and like didn't use them yeah but like i was like we're not gonna waste these so we're just gonna pull some of that and like edit them down but it's like like still like a version of the song kind of like it's like a track i noticed that i'm like i didn't hear that in the video but i remember seeing a teaser so Mm -hmm. that's neat it's kind of like builds a theme around it definitely exactly and and this theme is like 
inadvertently it's funny that we lost the podcast because the first time we shot this video we had a whole different video for this really and that yeah we had a whole different video like there was me coming out of the water i was literally running the entire time i like fell face flat on the ground by accident like it was like totally different video and it's gonna be like the shot in the middle of like middle of nowhere pa where we call come into the band and play together and we lost that file too really yeah so we had to reshoot the whole video so this one was more like the, our, our, the guy that did the video, he wanted to do more of a, uh, it's my buddy, and he wanted to shoot it in the graveyard to do more of a portrait. Yeah. Stuff. So he's like, we're going to do a little more simple. We're going to do like black and white and do more portrait based. And with that, we kind of said, hmm, I think now we have a tool here that we know that this video is going to look black and white. Let's model this entire, like, I call it an ad campaign. It's not really an ad campaign, but let's model like this entire Getting very corporate. Yeah, we do love corporate, but um, corporate <laughs> pop punk, something corporate, something corporate. There you go. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Seriously though, but yeah, we just wanted to model it after that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I didn't even pick up on the theme that. But now you said that. Now that you said it was all black and white. I remember it all being in black and white. But it's cool, like that. That was intentional. Because even the press photos you'd send over to all black and white. Yeah. So. That's neat. And I, I feel better. I mean, I still feel shitty we lost the podcast, but knowing that you guys shot a whole video and lost that too. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about this. This is a streak of bad luck. This is we a children's book story. Day too, but it was like super hot. Yeah. This, I remember that. And you were like running. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. And I wasn't even there for the first one. Like they were doing their whole thing of like running around and, and like working cameras. Yeah. So I was setting up the last shot of this video. And like just by myself in the middle of nowhere, like in a field, like moving equipment and stuff like that. And it started raining right before they got there. So this is the original cut was still already like I was like we we basically like couldn't film the last part of it anyway. So we were trying to reschedule that in the meantime of getting files lost. How did it all get lost? Uh, The guy who shot the video, his computer broke and he didn't put it on a hard drive oh, so okay so yeah. basically what just happened with me I, I don't i still don't know what happened but it was just like do you want to save this and i said yes and then it closed and then it opened it it wasn't there yeah so. uh, this is the i uh, hope yeah, yeah that's it's okay at this, least this is this is funny that was when i heard that i was like oh. yeah a whole video that's like a, a day worth of planning yeah, yeah that like, we paid for too yeah so. a, but my, my <laughs> did body, you get money back no, no. My, my body reshot the video and he's gonna do our next video for free oh, so okay. he's like he's like dude you guys are my like friends and like i'm so sorry this happened and like we got you like where i'm gonna i'm flying back in we're gonna reshoot this video and then next video is on me because that's cool yeah so he works with he re- actually really likes our music it's good to have somebody like because i've had friends that did videos with people that don't like their music and it comes out all wrong this guy's like i actually really love your band like so i'll fucking do whatever i need to to awesome. make, make it good so yeah you want someone that's on board with it yeah which is the cool thing about like having producers too that like like believe in the sound but also are outsiders and like can help make it objectively better mm-hmm. yeah um and so we, we were talking about how when you guys did record you you did have two producers which i think is cool because i don't know if i've ever i think the most i ever had was like an engineer who would like throw in like a tidbit every now and then like oh why don't you try and play that riff a little differently but for, for your guys sound which is like it's three-piece pop punk right yeah this for, this one, for yeah. lack of better words for mm-hmm. yeah yeah um but it still sounded like a complete song and like well put together so I, I, I mean, I don't want to touch on all the same stuff again, but well, I can talk about a different aspect of like how we chose producers and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, like we try really hard to pick producers that we know are going to get like what we want in terms of both our tone and like 
sound and that type of thing. And specifically for the song that we're Yeah, for, yeah. for the exact song. So, like, we had worked with Joe before, and for that's what we did, Who one of our producers for the first song that we did. Yeah. Um, but we always would be like, so what, what is this producer kind of missing? And then pick someone who kind of is a little bit different so, but can cover, like, a base of, like, oh, this person knows how to, like, get the highs right on the guitar tones, and this person kind of, like, makes the rest of the track, like, filled out type of thing. So, like, we're very, like, and we also make sure that the chemistry between them so like make sure the producers probably know each other beforehand or right like on. that type of thing because i think that's important like having good chemistry and being able to like bounce ideas off of people yeah totally that's awesome yeah you don't want like one guy that's like metal and one guy that's like <laughs> you know pop person so it's cool that you guys plan that much into everything though you know. probably like probably ripped that strategy off of under oath to be honest like they were like a big seminal influential band and all their like big records they had the dude from Kill Switch, and then they had this guy that did all the Copeland records. Oh no way! That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Adam, Adam from Kill Switch. I'm guessing who produced like a yeah. ton of like, like August Burns Red and like a lot of like really cool metal records. So, yeah, those Underworld albums are good. I haven't heard the new one, but um, uh, we, what do you think about it? Kyle's got the best opinion on it. I I have it, I'm mixed about it. Grew it grew on me. Really? But, yeah, but I think they kind of screwed up by not putting the B sides on the record. Cause they're so good. Really? Yeah, I, I like the singles. Like, well, not really Rapture. No. I, I mean, it, I think it's great, like great radio song. Yeah, it's a great written song. It's just like, yeah, it's just you know not under not I the under oath that you would like, expect. Yeah, like they wrote with I think they wrote with who John Feldman, right? Yeah, they they went okay. like full pop producer yeah. with John Feldman. Yeah, who did know, Ken Andrews from Failure? The new Blank that, yeah. record. Yeah, yeah. But like they know how to write their own songs. It's like I don't you know. And they have their no own can, thing with yeah, that too. No one can do it better than them. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to lose like. Don't fix it if it's not broken. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I agree. You don't want to lose like the sound of the band. What label like put that out? Do you guys Fearless. Know? They like went totally because Tooth and Nail was their label, and Tooth and Nail was like they still can get a good pull, but they I think they wanted to drop like the Christian aspect of it, so sure. they just went Fearless because Fearless has that like pull and that like kind of more pop metal can help market. push them into mainstream too like yeah. them were like fueled by ramen would be like yeah they're trying to get radio play on this like they legitimately have songs like this, some of the songs sound like lincoln park which for better for worse like cool i'm cool with lincoln park but it's like not really my thing for this band but let for them under be yeah, yeah park, but, like, you know? <laughs> i could see this song being played on local philly stations some of the stuff on the records so yeah it's like good for them you know i think they're trying to like i mean they're already huge in my mind but like they're trying to reach that like play on like huge festivals like Paramore and shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they announced the comeback and then relatively soon, like they put the album out, right? Was it didn't it all happen within a few months? Yeah, that's because that, that's like under oath. They can just like have such a built in, like I was saying, like I copped like the ideas for trying to get our, our marketing strategy. They just like show up, okay, here's a song, and then they just kind of keep everything tightly under wrap and they'll just post an album picture and they're just so good at that. Yeah. They have the fan base for it too, but like, sure. Yeah, that but, helps. Like, but like they can just put out a song and it becomes a huge hit. Like, yeah. They, yeah. And I think another thing is like at, at this point in our music career, we're kind of like, we want to actually do something with it. We don't want to just mess around kind of and like hope things happen. Like we want to be a little bit more proactive in that type of thing at this point. Yeah. We sucked at that like probably two years ago. We had no idea what the heck we were doing. And then like once we got Kyle, we're like, okay, we we know what it sounds like. We know the sound is gonna be good. We know we can play live. Next step is to actually have a plan. Like where do we want to be, you know? Sure. Take it a little more seriously and like think about each move you make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean there's nothing wrong with that. 
you'd be more like efficient with everything you do you know that's like the hardest part is making excuse me making the most of all your time because like we were saying like like i was saying before the older you get the harder it gets to do everything yeah. totally you have to like force it i mean i'm 27 i'm not like that much older than you guys but like you know, like holding out a job and then like just getting old and shit. Like it's a, it's a fight. You know, I mean, but you do it because you have to, right? Like that's yeah, why. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, I'm like I said, like you are. You're not that much older than we are, but we're at that age too. Where it's like, I know that I could go and get a full time music teaching job if I really wanted to. Were you music ed major? Yes, I'm. Music nice, ed. me too. Yeah. Yeah. So and you know how that's a difficult. I don't know. Do you teach full time? I didn't even ask. I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you teach? What's your third, fourth, and fifth grade instrumental music? Oh, awesome! So band so and orchestra that's teacher. The best gig. Band and it's orchestra. Fun. Yeah, it's fun. Band and orchestra. That's yeah. fucking awesome. So it's a lot. But, um, no, separate lessons and like uh, when we have our concert, my band plays three songs. So my orchestra plays three songs. I try to combine it at the end of the year every year, and it's hit or miss. <laughs> do you like? Um, sorry, I'm gonna nerd out a little bit. No, but it's uh, <laughs> uh, so. Do you teach at two different schools? Like you have the orchestra here, or do you have like all in one school? Oh, it's all in one school. That's awesome. So yeah. You don't have to travel because a lot of my friends who do the the band gigs, and especially elementary school, they have to be at this location on this day and this day, and then move to. The That's country. how my student teaching was. No, but I'm lucky. I'm I'm in one place. I have one classroom. The kids come to me. There's enough kids in the school where I have a full program. My week is full. So. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. 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 That's that's good. Like for me, it was like, I. I had a couple job offers immediately out of college, but like they're in districts that I knew, like if I did this, I wasn't going to be able to pursue this children's books aspect. So I was like, no, I'm going to turn that down. So I did building subbing. I was 22 year old building subbing 18 year old kids in high school. I was a disaster. I, I, yeah, I did that too. Yeah, you kind of have to cut your teeth though mm-hmm. for, for teaching and like just do that and put then, on a resume. Yeah, and then this year I've got like an opportunity where I teach general music to the eighth graders in my in my local district. So I get like a couple classes a day of that. I'll sub out and then I do a lot more private lessons. Cool. But I've like still have to do lesson plans, but still have enough time where I'm like, all right, and now I'm subbing these classes for like honors algebra or whatever so now i can just sit there and book shows and and really use my time wisely where last year when i was building something i just sat there it's like what am i doing you know so it's like total so i have this like crossroads where i'm like do i go to a teaching job full time where i make double what i make now and probably struggle harder to do this or do i take it and bite the bullet and kind of step back so it's it's a it's hard yeah it's august is coming around august is a scary month for me yeah <laughs> so yeah it's like um i mean you could always get the teaching jobs will always be there so i'd yeah. say do do this as hard as you can for as long as you can and i still do all the music shit hard um but you know if i before this job i was a delivery driver i would literally sit on my phone booking shows like and yeah. just deliver around so it was easier to do stuff then now i have to like make time and like delegate time and shit I'm I'm booking like a three week tour for this summer, which I've never booked anything like over like I think long story I ever booked was like seventeen days and this is gonna be like nineteen, so sure, it's not that different. It's still a lot though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making a point every day in the shower <laughs> to like take my phone and try to like shoot one email out and then like every day just send out one message to follow up or like because that's like so many days and it's cities I never really booked West Coast before, so it's like all this new shit. But um yeah, it's you have to just make time to do it. Like yeah. figure out how to make stuff work out. You got the you got the what I would love to do though. I like elementary band or middle school band. You still like you said you still have time to do this. If you're a high school band director, I'd be like, if you were still doing music as a high school band director and this, I'd be like, yo, dude, like 
kudos to you that's not hard but like yeah it's almost like a disservice to your students though because you i mean that's such a demanding like elementary school i'm out at 334 and it's i have the summers off and you don't have to like analyze the music you're doing it's like okay i just have to make sure i'm cueing blah 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 blah, and making sure they know how to play their instruments yeah high school it's like no i had to teach them all this tone and texture and all this stuff like at least for when i was doing elementary stuff it was like no, we just want to make sure we get the concepts. Make sure you're holding your instrument exactly. correctly. You're not hitting somebody with the bow. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Teach me yeah. to hold everything. I thought I wanted to teach high school until I saw a good high school band teacher. And I was like, I can never do this. Nice. It's like a full time. You know, I like having, being able to do all my band shit and the label shit like outside of school. The podcasts when they record. Yeah. You know, all that <laughs> stuff. Not my yeah. uh, high school chorus teacher, what I, he, he was uh, the full time guy there. And he would do jazz band and like select chorus and uh some other thing i forget what it was but he would do all that and then he would play a gig at night sometimes he would go to like west virginia and play and like he'd tell me like oh i just got home at like 2 a.m and just came here he's like i'm so fucking tired yeah (laughs) i bet dude but like you know he he loved doing it so yeah i guess if you know you got to do what you got to do totally you know i've definitely eaten shit and like played a show got home at 2 30 or 3 and went into work and just like had a red bull and like yeah, got through the day but you know you don't want to feel like you're but it's different because like if i had a, a job that i didn't care about like i would like yeah i'll go into work half asleep and just have acid but it's like i'm teaching kids and i yeah. feel like if it's like, your passion man you got you know yeah you want to be 100 percent. yeah it'd be scummy of me to be like oh i played a show to 10 kids last night so you your instrument <laughs> lessons are canceled you know <laughs> yeah yeah, it's, we'll go on, it's sorry. like the brightest part of their day too. Let's be yeah, honest. They're stoked usually to play. So, yeah. So, what do you, what do you guys see for the the future of the band? Like, you're kind of pacing out releases. I'm assuming you're gonna keep writing and releasing music, right? So we think like, in the the serious answer is what we're gonna do is put this out and do a release show in June or July for it, um, and then probably. Start I'm looking at John for you podcast listeners. Probably in May, uh, we're going to start planning out of even more strategically. Or we have a single that we really like that we haven't put out yet that we need to have like a color scheme down. Everybody that does video, all the art done, we need to figure out who's going to produce it and make sure that whole... We want to build like a team of like 10 people that are just going to put this like... Like you're almost selling a product, which you are. Sure. So. Yeah. And then the funny answer is we always talk about, you know, the Nirvana with the lights out box set. Yeah. yeah. Silver. We always talk about what demos and stuff we're going to put on that in 15 years. If we ever get to that point of like super famous, <laughs> not, I don't ever expect it, but it's just like a funny conversation. We're like, yeah, that one demo of Kyle, like farting into a mic, like that'll make it. <laughs> some, somebody will like, oh, no, no, that's like the fart version two. I like deep I cuts. It. Yeah. Deep, deep, yeah so that's, deep butts. I mean, deep butts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that it's a cool idea to, like have a team just for the sake of cohesiveness like when you have an album and the artwork and the themes are all like to, to cohesive it really makes an impact you know and that's what they view it as a piece of art that someone's taking in like you want it to have the biggest impact on someone so and definitely that's something we've been thinking about doing is like making it like the music is a very important part of it and that's the main part of it but at the same time have a, things around it that like people also enjoy so like merch and like just the artwork you're saying and everything else just kind of being things people can enjoy other than the music totally yeah because then it has more staying power because it stays in their head more like they have a poster or like you know something that ties in with the theme so it's like it's like a broad stroke idea but it's like there's a lot of fine details that go into that stuff 
Yeah, so. and we're, it's like interesting because a lot of bands too. Like, I've like we've all sat in on situations like my band in high school, and I was like we all had different writing situations growing up, and like bands even like later into college. And then, like, I feel like a lot of bands struggle with, like, the writing, the music, who has control of this. Because I was, like, you know, you sit on friends' practice sessions, and you're just going there, and you're like, ooh, okay, you all fight a lot. Like, this is awful. Like, I don't know how you guys play shows and be happy. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I was in bands that used to do that, too. But now, like, with these guys, I feel like we've got that on lock. We're pretty much, like, we know what we want musically. We're all on the same page with that. We go in. We're all super critical. So now, like, John was saying, like, now we got to figure out that whole other aspect. Like we're confident in our music, not saying, Oh, it's the best music ever, but we, we love what we do. And yeah, it's confident. That's and people, important. And people are starting to see that now it's like, okay, but this whole other like marketing and art and all the shit, that's where we're, we're, we started really diving into that actually this year. And I think John's like the head of that shit. Cause I'm like, I'll be like, John, I, this is what I want, but I don't know how the fuck to do it. I'm not a visual person at all. So he's like, I got it. And we'll like, he, we figured it out. So, so do you do like art like any photo do you do like all the artwork photoshop stuff or um i don't do too much of like the actual nitty-gritty stuff i'm more of like the direct like creative director sure so you'll talk to people like yes we'll get a photo shot done and we'll be like ramon and i will both kind of have ideas about like well we want a black and white type of thing and then we'll kind of like workshop a little bit of like what we want and then i'll kind of be pick out like which photos i like so like we had like the last photo shot um we took the album artwork from one of those photos and so we i picked out like which one we wanted and like did the cropping like basic stuff like that and like i don't do like a lot of like the actual photography and now we like hire out for show posters and stuff too but yeah just kind of like as it's hard right it adds it, up money yeah. money adds up real quick money and time like i don't have and like i actually did do the uh the video like i was saying i did the video edits for all the promo promo videos so i did the video on that and the audio mixing on that yeah um and i had like an, barely enough time for that but like to be able to do that plus photography like it that at that time because i have a nine to five so yeah and like plus that goes a little over nine to five sometimes so a it, lot of times yeah yeah so between <laughs> that and like yeah that I, I work a lot for my day job and then plus the band practices and like it's enough already doing like just like the okay here's here's the plan i like this i don't like this and i think that's an important thing that people don't always do of like they'll hire out somebody and they'll trust their judgment always and i think we do trust them to some extent but then also kind of refine that a little bit yeah yeah it's hard i think feel like the busier you get the less stuff is in your like when you think about bands on bigger labels like they, they probably have teams of like 15 people right like probably yeah least. oh yeah it's crazy yeah if you think about it too many cooks in the kitchen in my opinion but like you kind of need it at that point because you need people promoting yeah. your band and booking the tours i'm sure it's just as stressful if not more like than working like a full-time job it's like all right well you're gonna do this interview um you have this photo shoot it's like oh man i'm and sure it adds aside the artwork by this day because yeah says, i'm yeah. sure it's very difficult and it's like art too so you could make a shitty record and yeah <laughs> that's yeah. it sometimes you know you gotta stop being so hard on under oath man <laughs> it's not their fault i know i know i just they're like i grew up with that so it's like it's a sentimental part of me i had to cut off so yeah if, give him a chance i guess <laughs> um, now that we talked about it i'm probably gonna listen to it this week and form an opinion on it yeah i just didn't at all i was like oh cool they're back but yeah, it's it's not bad the fr- <laughs> at first they still can write first tracks on an album like you listen oh, yeah. that first track and you're just like yeah we're back we're fucking back. boys are back yeah <laughs>
but yeah i like you said like having a team though we do want that and we have sometimes we have issues like not like issues issues but we're just like somebody was like, oh i suggest this i was like okay i get that but this is our project like it'd be vice versa if i'm playing like you know i go play drums for your band i play in a bunch of different bands too like i serve your music this may not be the songwriting choice that i like sure but i will play it vice versa it's like somebody would bring in them oh i want to do this i'm like okay i like this idea but and i like your idea and i want i'm actually gonna take it into consideration because we're all super open to that because we all know like maybe our like three ideas isn't the best we should take other ideas too yeah but like sometimes it's like hey no we we still want to stick to that and they're like oh okay like thank you for actually taking my opinion and respecting it. so we're trying to build out not like our own label but like our own team of people so that like that way we it's just like john said it's like hard you know how hard it is it's hard to like get all that shit done and get it all together so like having people that i trust that like at the end of the day you're going to do the product that we need and vice versa and i'm going to promote the hell out of you and i'm obviously going to pay you for your fucking services yeah and help you out with that so it's cool yeah it's cool that you guys are all like open ideas and like can have conversations about it too because yeah. it, when it's a band and it's like the whole text thread is just arguing and like <laughs> or like back and forth and then someone brings up an argument from yesterday and like reopens that it's the worst I think yeah. that ruins the music a lot of times when you have someone with too much of an ego and you're like well clearly this could have been a better record if yeah. someone had just been like this one this this thing just like kind of ruins the song like it was like a key change out of nowhere or something like that and you're just like someone should have told this guy like way sooner like th- this could have been like a perfect song if you had just listened to like one Suggestion. opinion yeah 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 i used to play in a progressive band and like i would write like pretty much every song and like the guitar the bass and like sometimes the drum ideas like all the vocals and i f- i was like i feel like an asshole this is not cool at all i'm like can you guys write something <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> of work like, it, it i, I like, loved it the, like it, I, I was in a totally different situation because I played drums and I like said my opinion. We got in fights, but like I was a dumbass drummer too. So it's like whatever. These two actually were like the heads of their bands in high school, and they I, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I just yeah. felt like and if it did feel good a little bit. Like it, like I felt like oh wow, I did all this, but it it's just the amount of effort that goes into it. And then sometimes you have to convince somebody like oh this is the right part, and I know this is the right part because I wrote all the other parts. Yeah, and it's like. I, I wish you just wrote better parts or had better. <laughs> now I sound like a complete dick, but like you know what I mean. It, like it, you don't have to be like, true to what like yeah, your like, vision. Yeah, when like you write a song, songs. it's like yeah, or just like a riff even or a lyric. Like you, ha- you kind of have a general idea of like oh, I want the song to go here. It's like and mm-hmm. someone else is saying like oh, well I think it should sound like you know like Three Days Grace or something. And, <laughs> no man, this is like a Fall Troy song, <laughs> or yeah. no, this is a Foo Fighters song. You know like. Yeah. But it, you know, it's it it could be stressful. But I I th- I think that's part of the process. Like yeah. you know, you're getting at something if it's if you're like struggling. You know. Yeah. I, I like struggling. And I think doing that in high school probably helped this band too, because now you can step back and everyone kind of like steps yeah. in and like collaborates I, a little bit. You know, I mean, that's it's not my band, so <laughs> yeah. it, like, but like it, I've I'm a part of it. You know, yeah. so I don't I can't go like, oh well, fuck you guys. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, you can. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no, Kyle, how long have you been playing with Children's Looks? It's almost two years now. Or is it year two and years? Year and a year and a half. Year and a half. It'll July be two years in November. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Actually, the the single we want to do after this is the first song we wrote together, right? Yeah. To, mm-hmm. Like, actually. W- without having, like, a demo or something else that we had already been working on beforehand. Yeah. Right on. 
yeah, most of our live songs, we only have half of our set are songs that we, and we only have like six songs for the set, but half of it are stuff that me and John had an idea before. The other three are like we all wrote together, which honestly, we love that process too. It's like great. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. So more shows in Philly on the horizon. You guys play at Fenarios too in Westchester? Oh, dude, that used to be like the Are only st- place we could play. I play there once. Is that place still open? <laughs> yeah, it's still open. It's called Fens now. They re- rebranded uh, it. What band did you? I think did you play? I think Invalids played there like kind of re- like a year or two That's ago. That's why yeah, I know you your band really name. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, were you <laughs> yeah. there? Or like probably, probably. probably. Yeah, we, we, we go a lot. Yeah, we go up yeah. there a lot. We, yeah, so we got to like, play there again. The guitarist in Invalids grew up around there, and um, his old band would play shows there. And then we got a show there. And I'm like, oh, I've heard about this place for a long time. So it's probably like two years ago. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's, it's, about, it's about the time we were playing there. Yeah, what's cool is like it went through like this weird thing. My buddy Kenny, I call him like the scene guru of that. I play music with him too. Um, he had his actual house out in uh, in Westchester, and he'd throw shows there. I went to a couple. I was like very late because I, I started college in 2012, so that was like right when he was graduating. So I went to a couple shows out there, like cool Halloween things, and they started moving things over to Fens at the same time. And then, long story short, kids kind of just stopped showing up, like maybe two or three years. Is it ago. a college town? Yeah, it's a college. It's it's all Westchester. Area. Okay, okay, so, yeah, yeah. So the Westchester campus is right there. So, but you have a lot of kids that grew also grew up in there. So I have a couple of friends, like uh, one of my friends, she's doing a write up for our magazine, and she's she's off to college now, but. She and her used to bring a bunch of friends from high school, and that's, like, the cool spot for the kids. And that was, like, their expression way to get music out there because they didn't go to Philly for shows at that age. And that's about an hour, hour and a half from Philly? It's, like, it's a a good 35, 40 minutes. But but you're, like, 16 or 17 years old, and you want to go see a punk show, and, like, your mom and dad's not going to be like, hey, what are you doing at Temple? Like, at 16, like, I shouldn't be out there. So it's like, okay, well, here's, like, a spot where... Safe all-ages space, you know? Exactly, yeah. Cool. And so they bring on a lot of kids, actually. So that's been popping again. So Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. It's cool when you have house shows and a venue, too, so they can, like, feed off each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I think we're getting too old for house shows, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like, <laughs> going to them. I don't really go to them as often. I'm like, oh, this little kid wants me to buy him beer. Like, that's not cool. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel weird. It's weird. Like, I went to... I was at a house show recently and it was all like 18, 19 year olds. And I was like, man, I feel old. And then I was talking to, ironically, a kid that goes to high school in the town I teach in. And I know them through like marching band. And they're like, yeah, I was at a show last week and I felt young because it was all like people your age. And it's like, all right, good. At least there's a balance. Yeah. yeah. Depends on the type of show I guess you're at too. But the, yeah. that Philly, the legendary Philly basement scene has changed so much in six years. Like when we started, because I used to travel all the time down there and me and John used to go all the time, like mm. 2012, 2013. And that was like, the last of like not i'm saying the golden era of basement shows but last of those kids that were still living at that area went to school going to drexel and all that stuff and you still had the like hostage con we used to play there and all this like yeah. crazy huge stuff the michael jordan house and stuff like that and then you had a shift where like all those people just moved from philly and moved on and like i'm not throwing shows in my house i'm growing up like so you kind of had like an overglut of too many like bands that wanted to sound like midwestern emo and a lot of twinkly shit yeah and yeah. it's not a bad yeah. thing <laughs> hit, to, me, hit, to me it is but it, you're right it's not i just got <laughs> i got very sick of it quick no yeah. and we all did t- it was a problem it was just a big line that market became huge and all these kids loved it but it was like a lot of the younger kids got onto it and the older people were like yeah but you're missing the point of what this the like the cap and jazz and all that stuff you miss what it is or His, just having like a bunch of different types of bands on one bill too exactly you used to go and there'd be like 
Philly used to be a spot where you could have a metal and a hip hop act, and actually everybody's there. That's to cool. Be there. Yeah. It's hard to do that now. Yeah. And Kyle's I, band was like a Twinkly band too, but they were yeah. not. But yeah, they, like, they, right they when had I, like a, a good yeah. Like, I, right I remember I listening to it. your old band and being like, I like this <laughs> like <laughs> more than more than other stuff I, I was hearing. So well, when I joined, they were like, yeah, we don't really want to do the Twinkly stuff anymore. You know, we kind of want to like do rockier stuff, a little more emo and. But like, we're we were a guitar band. Like we all played guitar, and so it was kind of hard not to have all the riffs in there. Yeah. But you know, we we tried to keep it like pretty original. Yeah, you I mean, keep it fresh. You know, yeah. you don't want to be like, well, Algernon Cadwallader is huge, so I'm gonna make a band that tries to sound like them. You know, <laughs> that that's what we said. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was the goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, cool, guys. I'm glad we were able to salvage some of this. Well, thank you very Absolutely. much, Joe. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, check out Children's Books. So when uh, this will go up on Wednesday, so your single will be out in like two weeks probably? May 11th. May 11th. Okay, right on. Follow Children's Books on uh, all the social media stuff. Thanks for listening.